Welcome, this is On Mike with Jordan Rich. He's one of the most celebrated and sought-after conductors in the world. He's the musical director for the Boston Symphony Orchestra, Maestro Andres Nelsons. And on today's podcast, a chance to congratulate Maestro Nelsons on his return to the podium as the BSO has begun the 2021 season, opening up Symphony Hall once again to the public. Enjoy a conversation with a passionate artist whose love for music is infectious. Let's now go on mic with Maestro Andres Nelsons. What it feels now, it's, it's almost unbelievable because, you know, already in Tanglewood, you know, experiencing the rehearsals and then the concerts with the audience listening, it was, it was incredible, kind of incredible feeling and the, the energy which came from audience and then, you know, the energy which comes from the orchestra. You know, and now we're looking forward to the symphony hall where, you know, where, where we want to continue again you know, to please and, and to, to our audience. I mean, this is, we could not imagine, I, I think, uh, that I could never imagine that uh, how much we would miss music and actually not only miss playing it physically, but, but it's really, it's, it, 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 it is really like, like a part of our lives. It's like, like a food for the, our souls. I mean, it, and we, in this energy and the sharing aspect uh, musicians sharing to the audience, we absolutely missed them, you know, and that is something something which gives the satisfaction and gives the great feeling. Feeling it's like a, you know, it's like like a, like a comfort through music. You can mm. co- comfort people, and 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 this, of course, is, is just so hugely missed, and we, we can't they can't wait to to mm. yeah to open the season, and and they, and the also so glad that it's it's the opening is also uh, very symbolic in a way that we have wonderful wonderful artists of course we have Boston Symphony Orchestra and and on the, on the first night we have uh, Anna Sophie Mutter playing the legendary John Williams violin concerto and recording that and and it's a big it's a big event a musical event anyway having those two legends together and and then of course being the same time the season opening and the, and, the, and the gala for uh, for or audience and for, for donors and our, our friends and supporters so it's a it's a very 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 big deal absolutely mm-hmm. so hugely missed and and we want, I mean me and of you all want to invite the audience to yeah to we want that we want to tell that we are here for you we are we are our hall is open and you know whenever you feel safe enough uh, you're very welcome and you're very missed and then you know in a, in a mm. symphony hall and and I know some people are more more careful and some people are, are uh, worrying a little bit when it's the right time but I, I think everyone needs to find the right right time uh, to feel comfortable right. to come to concerts but I think everything is made to and created to be you know, as safe as is possible, possibly can can because uh, only vaccinated people or with 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 a test can be. Mm. Uh, so basically, yeah, it's uh, very safe. Yeah, we just we just we just can't wait to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you talked about the impact that music has, and when it goes away, it's so difficult. I just wanted to ask you about a story I read that you were influenced when you were just a young child by a performance, might have been Wagner, I'm not sure, but touched your soul and and put you on the path to where you are. Music has that power, doesn't it, Andres? 
Yes, absolutely right. I mean, you, you are, my, my parents took me to the opera. I was five years old. That that was that they took me to Richard Wagner opera Tannhäuser, which is, mm. you know, it's a sad story and it's not really a story for a five-year-old probably. <laughs> but the music is, you know, that it's so it's so genius, so touching, and so I was crying. And of course, the story was sad, and, and Tannhäuser died, and Elizabeth died, and. <laughs> And then I was crying, and then this beautiful music was, and uh, you know, and I, since then I realized I really want to be a musician, and and somehow, subconsciously I thought it would be so great if I could be a conductor, and yeah, so I I I can really say that for my example, but more so for so many examples mm. uh, around the world that music can change your life, and uh, and and it really does, and I think also the greatest thing is that. You know, really honestly, there is no, there is no border. There is no right or wrong way to listen to music. Yes. There is no right or wrong time. And and I want to also uh, to encourage that you know, sometimes people will think you know, okay, I I didn't study well the music at school. I don't remember what it was. Maybe I shouldn't go to concert because I don't know what to do. You know, in case if I don't know something, what you know, and this is absolutely. I think this is the place when you go to the symphony hall or uh, that, you know, it, there is no hidden cameras. <laughs> there is no, <laughs> you know, no hidden cameras of your, of your, your uh, music professor or something. The way you conduct and the way you bring the music together with this wonderful orchestra, it seems you're having so much fun up there and having so much excitement and passion that you make it less formal. It's almost uh, inviting the way you conduct. People told you no, that. No, no, thank you. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to, because I really think that conductor's profession uh, is it is a communication, and also musicians it is a communication to the audience through the music, but uh, also through you know through me. I communicate to musicians through my my my, my arms or mm-hmm. my face or my body, and then. The musicians, of course, pass they they energy to, to to the audience, and then it comes back to us. And it is really uh, it is yeah. It, it's I want to encourage and say you know really that's the, the the place where you can can you can feel very safe, very comforted, and very comfortable is a symphony concert uh, because you develop as a listener your own intimate dialogue with the composer or with the music no and nobody can tell you oh you're listening wrong way wrong way nobody will and nobody can tell because there is no right right or wrong uh. way it's, you can <laughs> connect your you know your way and and you find your 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 connection to music it's it, i think it's something something very magical about that and i think now yeah. missing this almost two years of live performing music i think even us professional musicians have have uh, realized absolutely how much the, the power of, of live music, particularly the symphonic music and the and the classics that are so beautiful and so well known. Curious, when you were studying music as a youngster, as a young man in Latvia, what was your perception of the Boston Symphony Orchestra? You obviously must have heard of it and must have listened to it on, on musical records and things, but did you have this sense that this was some unreachable place, or did you dream about doing it someday? Just your thoughts on the BSO from back home. Yes, I mean, 
I certainly have memories and, and, and reflections where, of course, I, I was grown up in Soviet Union and, and to a certain age, and, and at that time, of course, uh, uh, there was not nothing available or or allowed to be available. So, but but when I started to con- study conducting, which was a, I was it's quite early, I was about fifteen years of age, mm. studied technique, you know that. Then uh, I remember getting the first. You know the cassettes, v- v- video cassettes. Was yes. VH- yes, VHS, right? VHS. and then I remember looking the Boston Symphony Orchestra performing Brahms symphonies with Sergio Ozawa, and then I thought, "Oh God, that's that's amazing!" You know what? Mm. What? What is that? You know, <laughs> and I was with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, and 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 honestly, I thought, "Oh God!" I mean, I, I'm studying for nothing, but I, it was somewhere I could only put it up. In a, in a category of of, of unreal unreal dreams, mm, you know. Mm. But I I just just enjoyed watching and, and 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 listening, of course. And and then the interesting, actually, the other was there was an anniversary, I think, or was it inauguration of or something of of or inauguration of of Keith Lockhart or some. I remember John Williams conducting and Keith Lockhart conducting. There was a boss about Boston pop. Oh yes. Uh, also the cassette and the video cassette, <laughs> and I and that was Boston Pops, and I enjoyed that. And John mm-hmm. Williams conducted Keith Locker, so and I, and I said, and then I realized, well, I, this is also Boston Symphony, but not exactly the same musicians as. So they realized, they realized obviously there's Boston Pops and Boston Symphony, right, right. And but I, I never, I mean, honestly, never thought, you know, uh, I mean, of course, all of. Children or students, you know, we have our dreams, or even adults, mm. we still have dreams. Or, or uh, but this, this would, this was a dream which, you know, <laughs> I don't know how. It I'm so, I'm, uh, I'm so you gratified. Know. I knew you sort of answer it that way. I kind of suspected because you have this uh, this big smile on your face whenever you're on stage, and I'm sure it carries over off stage. But it's a great, great honor to have a person of your caliber here. I have a couple of other questions for you, and I know you're a very oh, busy you. man. Uh, one of them is conducting not just one major orchestra, but another, the, pardon my pronunciation, the Gewandehauser Orchestra, Leipzig, Germany. There are language questions, I would imagine, and there are personality differences and so forth and maybe musical styles. Can you keep it all straight is what I'm asking. Yes. Well, I am absolutely lucky having two absolutely amazing orchestras. One, of course, is the Boston Symphony, and the other one is Gewandhaus Orchestra Leipzig. Two two greatest orchestras, one, you know, with the greatest tradition. You know, Boston Symphony is such a great tradition being almost oldest, practically almost oldest, Orchestra in America. Sure. Arguably, there is some discussions whether it was, but and and Leipzig uh, uh, being one of the oldest orchestras with a history and a tradition in 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 Europe. Uh, and 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 uh, what is you know what what is let's say normally or very often a conductor has uh, one one orchestra as a music director, and then. The, uh, the rest of the time you you don't do anything or you you do guesting or you do opera or you do yeah. guest when i did a lot of guesting uh, and and guesting one one you know one week you were in paris one week in london and one right. week you were 
you are in in, in Hamburg and again in, in New York and so uh, and and I enjoyed that more process or that that part kind of for for a while but but then was an opportunity to I was offered the music director position in in Leipzig and I thought you know it would be so great to have two homes two musical homes mm. and to concentrate to concentrate on them and uh, say, to, to dig deep and to try also to co- collaborate and, and we managed to make the, the very natural alliance you know the orchestra embracing this, this wonderful alliance between these orchestras and for me it has it has come out as a as absolutely ideal situation I have two amazing orchestras in different continents which are great friends and they are are admiring each other and we have pro- projects together and and it's it's all turned up really wonderful and at the end because I, I'm concentrating on practically these two orchestras I have more time because uh, uh, a little bit more free time as well. That's fascinating. I, that's amazing. And, you know, as you talk about the bridging of the gap and people coming together, I'm reminded that it was the Boston Symphony and Seijo Zawa going to China way back in the 70s when nobody was going to China. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's, it's, it's actually the music and the art can can change lives and it can, can, do, uh, uh, can do much, much better. This happens in show business a lot. When the star can't go on, he or she is taken ill or has to have a a flight out or something. It's the substitute who goes on. And that's happened to you. And uh, it's an amazing thing. Life throws a lot of curveballs at us. But occasionally the stars are aligned. And I believe you filled in one time for James Levine at the Met. Am I correct about that? I had to conduct the Met and I conducted the Met. But he has to conduct Boston Symphony in Carnegie Hall, ah. and he unfortunately had to he had to he got sick. He had to withdraw, and and I I was in New York, and uh, so and I exactly the time on the date when there was a concert, uh, I I was free, and then and and I was free for one other day to rehearse in Boston. So I remember the the great Boston driver Pepino, legendary driver. <laughs> You know, took me from from New York to Boston. We rehearsed for five hours. I remember. Then he took me back to New York. I had a performance, and next day uh, we had a little acoustical rehearsal in Carnegie, and we performed Mahler Ninth Symphony. So oh. it was also uh, also very very unusual way of, of of meeting each other. But but that for me that was so. Um, so emotionally uh, important that, sure. that I don't know. I think it clicked somehow so so well that yeah. I, I well, you I, made I'm the you, yeah. You you became uh, uh, known immediately as the guy who stepped in to do an amazing job, and uh, people recognize that obviously. And it's just the way the way there's a, a thing called kismet, uh, which just brings the stars together and and for good reason you're a good person and you're talented one more question and oh, and i'm thrilled to, to get the chance i read somewhere else i did a little uh, background show prep for our chat today that you have studied very very hard with some wonderful mentors i understand you still study the craft you're not just laying back and relaxing uh, now that you know how to conduct the greatest orchestras in the world 
What are you learning that's new and exciting and different by studying the craft? I think, firstly, of course, music itself. I mean, uh, the the message that the music is giving to us it's it's very subjective, you know. And and it, unless this is an opera, maybe where it's clear uh, story and so. But but even then, you can you can find nuances and and, and colors. And of course, it's symphonic music. You 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 can constantly look in the score and find the different details and 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 new colors and and uh, and, and the uh, relations of the tempos and and uh, you know and and the atmosphere. What that music is presenting. What kind of atmosphere it is and how to create that and how. And of course, then you also study. You know, you try to read. It's important, you know, some uh, some new book about something, and then it's nice to read it, or or uh, or or listen other colleagues how do they mm-hmm. rehearse, or 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 listening to recordings, which is I find very interesting to listen to very, a lot of recordings of the same piece with different uh, interpreters, and and I think if we do doing so all the time, it helps you to to stabilize and to find your own way. And uh, or we are all trying to find, of course, the composer's way. Yeah. But still, it's very subjective, and uh, yeah. And uh, you know, I think that that keeps us constantly developing. And I think it's it's not only that you know uh, we need to study the gesture. Of course, there are also physical things we can develop, develop, or the orchestras understand better. But uh, the gesture of conductor and mm. so on. But I think it. It's purely philosophically, you know, from the moment you think, even if you're 40, 50 years old, which I think is very young, <laughs> uh, but if you if you say, look, I have conducted all the orchestras, best orchestras in the world, I have conducted all the repertoire, I, I feel tired, you know, and let's just, you know, I, let's just, I conduct, just, I don't need to study, I just go, Rehearse something, and and, and and that's you know that that that's the end of that, let's say that that will be the end of the of the let's say musician. Well, that, think, yeah, the passion goes away, and it's not as you much. No, and it doesn't matter fun. if it happens forty, fifty, or but when we see you know my my biggest mentor and teacher, Maris Janssons, who unfortunately passed away, he was very sick, but he he passed in the seventy-five and. Um, you know, he was curious and eager till the last moment, and, mm. and he died on stage, almost practically on stage. And and uh, yeah, it's very very sad. But 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 he was till the last moment in music. He could not do, he could not retire and then right. just do a bit of conducting. You know, right. although I also I must say, I think the best way is either you retire. You do like, like for example, with, with the great admiration, uh, uh, Bernard Haitink, who is one of the greatest conductors of all times. He retired and he he lives and 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 uh, in, I think in London and at least for for a while he's retired. It's, hmm. it's, I, I think it's either that way or you burning and you keep uh, uh, developing and enjoying and spreading the uh, the, the greatness of music. Until you are, you know, you die. That's I think that well, two, two yeah. ways you 
you, you can't be halfway, you know. People listening to this uh, before we wrap up should, should now understand that you make, you and the colleagues in the orchestra make the music approachable and and welcoming because you've got such a great attitude about it. And I must say, Andres, I've spoken in the last so three months with producers, actors, restaurateurs, business leaders, and I would put you in that very important class of individuals leading us back to some sense of normalcy <laughs> because it's been an amazing two years almost, and uh, the, the thrill of knowing the symphony is back and having you at the podium is it re-energizes me and I'm sure millions of people. Thank you so much, Kenneth. Very kind. <laughs> well, delightful to speak with you and uh, many more decades at the helm of the BSO and elsewhere. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Be safe and healthy. An honor to have Maestro Andres Nelsons on the podcast today. To learn more about him, visit bso.org. That's the Boston Symphony Orchestra's website. Thanks to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, to Ken Carberry and the gang at Chart Productions in Boston. And to all of you music lovers out there for downloading and subscribing to the podcast. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review. Until next time, this is Jordan saying be well so you can do good. Take care.